Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at Mike Roth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here with Mike Callahan. Thanks for joining us today, Mike. Great to be here, Mike. Before we get started, I figured I'd tell everyone who's going to be on the show tomorrow and next week. We have Jim Hunter from HD Franchising Systems. He was a home doctor's franchisee, and he bought the whole franchising system. So that should be an interesting conversation tomorrow. Next week on Thursday, we have Craig Sarmbach from Bartlett & Company, a 100-year-old-plus Cincinnati-based financial planning company. Just came back to Cincinnati. Then on the 16th of November, we're going to have Mark Ross from IT Foresight. And then we have uh, two rerun shows uh, on November 22nd and 23rd. We're going to play two of the most interesting shows. Uh, First one we're going to play is uh, Troy Augustine. And after Thanksgiving, on the 29th of November, we're going to have John Mabers from Computer Ease. And on the 30th of November, we're going to have Darby Fazakas from Divine Group. We're going to be talking then about how to profile prospective employees and what to look for, what are the telltale signs uh, not to hire, and when should you definitely hire. Uh, On December 7th, we're going to have a really special guest. We're going to have Janelle Ross, who is the owner of Ross Motors in Centerville, She's a Mercedes-Benz dealer and has several other nameplates. Let's see. Next major event, Client Summit, the Sandler Client Summit, entitled No Guts, No Gain, is going to be February 14th and 15th in Orlando, Florida. There's still a little bit of time to take a discount. Uh, There's a $100 discount if you register for that event before the 16th of November. The Client Summit is designed to give you an opportunity to leverage Mindshare, to meet other visionaries who are using the Sandler system. There will be 600 clients and about 300 trainers down there. Uh, This is the second uh, client summit. There's going to be a great networking mixer. If you want further information or the agenda or to register, go to www.clientsummit2013.sandler.com. Now let me tell you a little bit about Mike Callahan. He's a graduate of Central Michigan University. Came go, out of, go Chippewas. Go Chippewas. That, yeah, they that still it. have an Indian name. How about that? Indo, Indian name. Okay. Most of the schools have left the Indian names, but they kept it. In Central Michigan, what do yeah. you expect? Sure. And when he got out of college, the BA, he decided to go into sales and he sold beepers. Hey, that was a hot. That was high technology back then. Mike. That's right. And, and Mike used his career in selling to move from job to job, from office equipment to phones, and then he became an entrepreneur. And he started a company called American Data Products. Did I get that right? That's correct. Yeah. You remember what year that was? 
1991. 1990. Still doing it. Still doing it. Yeah. And then about eight years ago, you started? Yeah, 04. 04, Document Destruction, which is a kind of an opposite company for from data Amer- American data products. You made business forms. Right. We we make the forms. We can do turnkey now. Make the forms for them, and then when they're done with them, we'll shred them up. <laughs> that, that, that's great. Yeah. Somehow that's ecologically pleasing. <laughs> and th- these are your own companies. Yes, I don't have any. I don't have any partners, and these are things that I founded. Right. You're a, a bootstrap entrepreneur. Yes. You built it from the ground up yes. with your own two hands yourself. Well, I mean, I had, yes, but I had good support staff and uh, good people that work with me. Good. What ever gave you the idea from go, to go from a salesman to become an entrepreneur and start American Data Products? Let me tell you a story. So it's 19-whatever, long time ago. I'm living in Orlando, Florida. And I'm working for this guy, great guy, Lenny Rogers. And I'm working for him selling business forms and computer supplies. You know, the old, everybody remembers 20 years ago, the tractor feed forms with the holes down the side. Left and right side. Right. Do you see those anymore? No, no one has tractors. Correct. (laughs) Well, we we sold a lot of that stuff. A lot of toners, a lot of ribbon. Anyways, I worked for him, and he was the entrepreneur. He had started that company. And then I got invited to like a cookout at his house one time. And then I saw his house. And I said, wow. I said, I know what I make. I know what I sell. And I said, he really does well. And when you get to keep more of the money, I said, that's what I want to do. So that was my impetus for so you decided wanted to do my own thing. Your boss succeeded in motivating you to leave and start your own company. <laughs> yes, yes. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it happens. And uh, you still have American Data Products. Correct. And it it's still a viable company. We're still doing good. It's just that the technology has changed. We sold a lot of those tractor feed forms, envelopes, checks, uh, statements. Do you remember um, ten, just as recently as 10 years ago, everybody had all those forms in your office, and you wrote on it, and you pulled it apart, and the oh, white... That- NCR paper. Right. And the white went to this department and the yellow went to the cust. Do you see that anymore? Mm, they're going to haul it to buy. <laughs> right. Correct. So, uh, Some so, guy in the printing business is going to call it right. because I sell it. So uh, in about 2000, a lot of my customers started to tell me, Mike, you know, uh, we're not going to be buying this stuff for much longer. Just wanted to let you know. And after I'd heard that story about 300 times, I said, you know, I really need to find something else <laughs> to augment what I'm doing. And and then fortunate enough to stumble across the document trading. Okay. Good. You know, uh, I don't remember if you remember the first time we met. I that, came out to that see... that nightclub in Vegas? No, no, no. I came out to oh, see okay. you. You were on something like Northland Boulevard. 230 Northland Boulevard, Suite 100. Right. Yeah. And the first thing you tried to do is sell me back a Sandler management kit that you had gotten from someplace. <laughs> and your point is what? You already knew a little bit of Sandler when I met you. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I remember that now. Good, good. Why don't you tell the folks about how you go to market? Document shredding is a little bit different, at least what I've discovered, that it's obvious to me that people, businesses, individuals, need to properly destroy their documents. And for most people, it's 
it costs less and it's more secure to outsource your document shredding than to do it yourself for a whole host of reasons. <laughs> but people really aren't ready to use a service till it's their idea. And I can't tell you how many times we've gone in and we have talked to people and we've we've given them 27 reasons why this doesn't make sense. They've even agreed with us and then they don't do it. And then they'll call us a year later from Google wanting to know about pricing and stuff. But, oh, you remember when we... They don't remember any of that. So so to answer your question, how do we go to market, we're just putting ourselves in a position to when people decide that they want to have documents shredded, that we are top of mind awareness. And that's via like uh, radio advertising, mailings, and, and frankly, Google, the AdWords program, which is a phenomenal program. I recommend it to to most small businessmen. Right. In fact, I think I saw your uh, direct response piece in the Business Courier a few weeks ago. Yes, and we do we do some Business Courier, some advertising, Cincy Biz Maga, Magazine, some stuff there, but for the most part, Google. Google Ad, is good. Google AdWords. It's phenomenal. I was talking to another one of our clients today who shall remain nameless, and he, he told me he was running a quarter of a million dollars a month in credit card transactions coming in through Google. Really? Yeah. Nice business. Yes. Zero salespeople. Correct. Now, I used to have four salespeople. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, for what I do, the the model just didn't make sense. I mean, you know, Mike, I mean, everybody listening knows that your salespeople, that's 30%, 40%. It can be up to 40% of the cost of doing business. Sure. And Good salesperson it's got to cost you fifty grand to seventy grand a year right. to have them around. Right, and I, I when I started, I didn't know any other model, so that's the model I used. I had you know the room with four guys in there, and you know coffee, and let's go get it. And not that they weren't great guys, and they didn't put in a great effort, and they had skills. It just the model didn't work. And now we spend a fraction of that on. Uh, Google AdWords program, and that when those people call in, which is five, six, seven, eight, up to ten a day, these are people that are ready to buy. Um, they're not just kicking the tires for the most part, mm-hmm. and you have a real opportunity. Right. So it's 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 fun. And you handle all those calls. Correct. And you know sometimes it's interesting. I'll, I'll meet small business owners, and when I say small, I mean we're talking about somebody who has less than a hundred employees, right? Sure. And they'll be like, well, I don't handle that kind of stuff. You know, I have people that do that for me. I mean, I don't get it. It's it's the most important part of your business is bringing in revenue. Mm-hmm. Why why do people think it's beneath them? I don't get that. I think it's the most important thing you can do. I tell you. But you've I, heard that before, haven't you? Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, uh, I was talking to two guy, guys today in the uh, – in the drywall business, they said, the only way I get business is by being low price. Yeah. Which is not exactly true at, at all. No. People have to trust you. And, and building top-of-mind awareness uh, is critical in any business. And if you used four salespeople for a year to get that out there, so later when they saw your name again on Google, they right away clicked on you. Yes. Now, uh you, you you leave the office for lunch and visit prospects and stuff. Sure. Uh, we've heard it said that if someone finds you on Google, you have about five minutes to respond to them before they uh, turn around and 
click on someone else. How do you handle that in your company? Well, a couple of things. Number one, if I'm in the office, I'm taking that phone call. Mm-hmm. Number two, and my staff has instructed that, you know, if someone calls in, they can say, well, hey, I'm going to text this to Mike, and they'll text it to my phone. And I literally, and that's me snapping my fingers, I'm calling them back right away because that's potential money. If the person feels uncomfortable with that, my staff will just give the cell phone number. Mm-hmm. If you want to, call Mike directly. If you don't want to wait for this callback, and I'll take phone calls. And that's the other thing I don't get about some salespeople or small business owners. I'll call people that I'm trying to do business with, and I'll say, well, is he in? No, well, have call. well, give me a cell phone. Well, we don't want to give it out. You don't want to give your number out to people that want to give you money? I don't get it. That's funny. That's funny. But You know I, what I'm talking about? Look, I teach people how to make cold calls. We're doing a cold call camp, in uh, I think it's in January coming up. That's a great camp. Uh, and for the last two days, I've been making cold calls for myself to stay in shape. And probably half the people I've dialed, I've got on their cell phone. And I'm calling CEOs. Uh Mike has agreed to uh, answer callers' questions. So if you have a question for Mike, the call-in number is 646-595-4916. We're going to take a uh, short commercial break, and we'll be right back after these uh, words. Company owners and sales managers, are you sick and tired of hiring a salesperson you think is Tom Cruise only to get Pee Wee Herman on the first day of the job? Call me, Mike Roth, 513-646-6523, to stop this from happening to you again. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are we hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 or check our website at rothconsulting.net. Company owners and sales managers, are you tired of cutting your price to get the deal? Wouldn't you like to have a better way? Wouldn't you want to improve your margins? Call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523. To see if there's a better way for you. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Mike Callahan. And let's ask you another question, Mike. In the market, yes. in the marketplace, yes. what are the opportunities that you see and uh, what are the possibilities? I don't know. For business. Like, define it more for me. Well, you see business expanding. You see people getting rid of paper, so the shredding business is going to disappear. Oh, in general or in my industry? In your industry. In document shredding. It's very exciting. The answer is... Thumbs up, yes, we're excited. And the reason being is I'm part of a national association, NAID. You know how there's associations for everything. Mm-hmm. National Association of Information Destruction. It's funny, when I was when I was checking out the, the document shredding industry and I didn't know if I wanted to get into it, I actually found that there was an association and I went to a trade show. It was in 
04 back in, uh, uh, it was in San Antonio. And I was expecting there to be like eight people there. And there was like a thousand people there. So um, to get back to the answer, there's only about, my national uh, association has done surveys and uh, uh, a lot of research. And they've discovered that there's only about one third of the businesses that should be shredding that are shredding. So there is still a lot of growth, a lot of opportunities. And I know we're going to a paperless society in theory, but... Well, people say that, but it, it's not entirely evident. No. I mean, we in my own brokerage account, uh, I just finished fighting with them for like six months to move my account from mail statements to email to PDFs. Yes. It was brutal. It's like they didn't want to do it. Yes, um, but also copy paper sales are still very strong throughout the world, especially in the United States. And number two, it would be funny about it, but if it's something that's really important, what's the first thing you do? You print it out. <laughs> so, um, And then you copy it. Right. Now, uh, mega trends, you know, 20, 25 years from now, yes, there'll probably be less paper to shred. Foreseeable future, no. Okay. Uh, what type of uh, strategic long-term planning process do you have for your businesses? You know, I'm going to be real. I mean, I think so many business owners say, well, you know, we've got a five-year strategic. Hey, you know, I think you should... I think you should have some some ideas and some some rough ideas of what you want to accomplish in the next five or ten years. But I think as a small business owner, you need to focus on blocking and tackling. That means getting more sales in, streamlining your operation, and reducing and cutting out as much fat as you can, and uh, and doing a more of a uh, you know usually you're supposed to do ready aim fire. Doing a lot more ready fire aim and uh so to answer your question what do you mean by that ready fire aim well i think a lot of small businesses they take okay we're going to go in a new direction with our marketing and we're going to hire some twenty five thousand dollar consultant to come in and we're going to spend six months do this exhaustive research and then we're going to spend another fifty thousand dollars in six months to implement this program and then a year later well, maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. How about you just kind of throw a couple thousand dollars at a program over here, and if it works out, great, do more of it, and if it doesn't, do something else. Now, if you're if you're a venture capitalist and you got forty million dollars to blow through, great, go out and and spend a lot of money and uh, do those programs. But if you're a bootstrap entrepreneur, which is ninety eight percent of the folks out there, I say you do the ready, fire, aim program. Mm-hmm. And Ready Fire Aim is good for companies below five million dollars a year. I mean, I don't know. I'm less than five million dollars, so I would say yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Start getting up to twenty-five million or over ten, and I think you got to be a little bit more strategic. Absolutely, and I'm talking about yes, maybe even two and a half million dollars or less, depending on your 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 gross margin and what you're working off of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? Your prospects are are looking for right now. We're going into an uncertain period now. Well, maybe back it up. 
Do you think business is getting easier or tougher? I think it's getting tougher. Um, Good. I agree with you. Yes. So when you talk to prospects over the phone, yes. what do you think they're really looking for? What they what they tell me they're looking for <laughs> is price. Mm-hmm. But having been in the President's Club Sandler, I've learned to, um, you know, really man, educate them is the right word because we're not about teaching. Um, Ask questions. Yeah, lots of questions, and and that's the key that I learned through Sandler when I'm working with these people, you know, these call-ins, is to get information, not give information. And but what they're telling me is that that they just care about price. But what I'm really seeing is that they're looking for security. Security that their documents are going to be properly destroyed. Security that they're not going to be in violation of any federal, state, or city uh, regulations about privacy and confidentiality. And um, that this isn't going to be an issue for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. Uh, many years before I found Sandler, I hired a consultant to help me grow my own business when I left the Fortune 1000. And this guy said to me, what people are looking for, Mike, is peace of mind. If you're not selling phone systems or computer systems, what you're selling is peace of mind. It took a long time for that to sink in because I was thinking about hardware and software. Right. It's got to work on the other side of the table. The prospect has to buy. You can't sell them anything. Correct. And, and I agree. The more expensive it is, the, the the more the more exotic it is, the more important it is to get there. And 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 again, that's what I learned when I was really when I started document instruction in '04. I was a little lost because this was a different type sale for me, and I enrolled myself and a couple of my sales guys in the Sandler program, and I really immersed myself into it going to at least a couple classes a week for a year. And it helped me identify, yes, they were buying peace of mind and they weren't buying price and they weren't buying the system. They were buying that. And it took me a long time to learn that. And when I did learn it, uh, we sold a lot more and uh, I put a lot more money in my pocket. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the Internet today, how many different websites do you operate? Uh, Just websites? Yeah. Two, one for my document shredding company and one for my printing and supply company. Okay. So you don't have any extra websites to make it easier for people to to find you? No. Explain more. Well, some people use uh, sites with landing pages uh, or sites that have specific videos uh, because they 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 have videos on YouTube that they they want to use to get video rankings as opposed to uh, pay per click rankings, generic rankings. Right. Right. I mean, Facebook, but I don't really know how much that helps us, frankly. But everyone said you got to have Facebook, so we did that. Well, they didn't cost anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think a fan page on Facebook is really good for a company. Yeah. Uh, I know you have your own uh, Mike Callahan LinkedIn page. Right. Do you have a uh, yes, document we have... instruction page on LinkedIn? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're, rocking, you're really running about four then. Oh, okay. So four, Mike. That's the answer. Four. That's good. <laughs> Are you using a an outside search optimization firm? Or you oh, my God. I'm so glad you asked me this question. There are, I don't know about you or anybody that's listening, but I literally get three phone calls a week 
we're going to help you move up higher in the rankings. Well, I'm already up at the top. Well, but we can help modify your... Listen, I think there's some good people out there, but don't get sucked into all that stuff. There's there's a couple people that will come out there for less than $1,000 and do search optimization. But for the most part, you can do a lot of it yourself. And, and you know, it doesn't have to take that much time. And it's something you can do when you're sitting there home on Thursday night, uh, you know, vegging out, watching TV, and you can play around, plug in your keywords, learn which words are most important, or you can just ask your customers. But you do need professional help. But I, personally, I would not get sucked into one of those companies that want $3,000 a month to manage your site and all that stuff. I just, again, if you want to waste the money, go ahead, but I wouldn't do it. So you don't invest in, in social media outside of your own company? Uh What's social, that mean? You know, someone who, who posts messages and blogs, or do you do that yourself inside the company? I do that myself. But frankly, we don't do that much of it. It's mostly the Google AdWords program, and if people put in a keyword, you know, we've got like 800 of them, but document shredding Cincinnati, document destruction Cincinnati, paper shredding Cincinnati. If you put in any of those, I'm in the top one, one two, or worst three. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you, you've made it easy for people to find you when they're looking for your service. Correct. If they're looking for roofs, they're not going to find you. Correct. That's, that's good. Uh, again, Mike Mike has agreed to take calls. If you want to call in uh, and speak to Mike and ask a question, the number is 646-595-4916. And let's take a short break here and listen to a Sandler rule. Hey, I'm Eddie Huff from Sandler Training, here to talk about rule number 18, don't paint seagulls in your prospect's picture. Have you ever jumped in with a great idea that killed your sale? Let me tell you a story. A story about Nancy. Nancy's a second grader in the public school system. She's just finished art class, and she's painted a pretty good picture. It's got a house and sun in it, but it's all over here on the left side. Nancy's art teacher comes by and says, Oh, Nancy, that's a very nice picture, but honey, you need something over here on the right side to balance it out. She picks up a paintbrush and paints a seagull over on the right side of the picture. Nancy's very upset. She goes home. That night at the dinner table, Nancy's very quiet, and she pulls out a picture, except it's all folded up into a small square. The dad unfolds and says, Nancy, darling, that is a beautiful picture, very well done, and I especially love the seagull. Well, Nancy bursts into tears, leaves the room. He finds out that the reason she's so upset is because she didn't like the seagull. You see, Nancy didn't put it there. A teacher did. The point is, your prospect has a picture of their needs before you show up for the sales interview. If you start painting seagulls into your prospect's picture, they're going to become just as uncomfortable as Nancy. Every time you make a change to their picture, it leads to mistrust. It leads to rejection of your products and your services. Look, if their picture needs adjusting, instead of telling them or painting a seagull on their picture, let's do it indirectly. Let's help the prospect discover it on their own. Rule number 18, 
Don't paint seagulls in your prospect's picture. This message is short and to the point. In business, you don't get paid for what you know. You get paid for what you sell. Yet many salespeople leave their skills to chance. They often think, let me think it over. They write proposals that go nowhere. They lower their price to get the order. They wind up chasing prospects through the voicemail maze. It doesn't have to be that way. The best salespeople were not born great. They learned it. I'm Mike Roth of Roth & Associates. We're famous for our expensive, difficult sales training. We're not for everyone. We build the best sales prospectors and sales negotiators on the planet. Are you in sales? Are you ready to get deadly serious about your career that feeds your family? Are you ready to make a change? Call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523. Sandler's most experienced trainer in Cincinnati, 646-6523. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Mike Callahan, and we're still waiting for a caller or two at 646-595-4916. Mike, if someone wants to call about document shredding after the show, what number should they reach you on? They should call us at our office, 772-1114. That's a Cincinnati number, so 513-772-1114. Matter of fact, we're having a show special. It just came to me. A show special. That's right. Anybody that mentions they heard this radio show, half off. If they call this this month, half off. Now, you better say that this is November of 2012. November 2012. Right, because this show will exist out on the web for years to come. Okay. Half off anybody that mentions they heard the radio show. Good. We'll make sure to tell all of your prospects that. (laughs) See, that's where you're talking about that ready, fire, aim. That just came to me in the last eight seconds. And it might blow up, and then you don't do it again. But it might work out, and you do it again. Sure. Sure. Then yeah. you can buy some radio spots in the show. Boom. Boom. Okay. Uh, we have a, a rule here that, that simple solutions to complex problems are rarely correct. So, Mike, maybe you could share with our listeners a complex problem that you had to solve over there at Document Destruction or American Data Products and the equally complex solution that you came up with to solve the complex problems, and maybe that solution is transferable to another business or industry problem I had that we came up with a solution. Complex problem. Complex problem. You know, it's not, not whether you put sugar in your coffee. That's too simple. Oh. Well, a couple of them come to mind. And, you know, a lot of times the answers are simple, right? Uh, when we started the document shredding business, probably 30% of our business is um, people that aren't interested in a scheduled service ongoing program, but they have a room full of documents that they would like to have properly destroyed. Well, when we started, it was like my printing and supply business. We just sent people a bill. Well, (laughs) there's no continuing relationship there. They might need our services again in two or three years, but they had no real need to pay us in a timely fashion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that happened about... 25 times, and then we learned that, and I know this sounds simple, now if you're a one-time shred or a one-time clean-out, it's COD. And if you don't want to pay COD, then, you know, there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through to be billed. And frankly, we rarely bill. 
So, so do you take credit cards too? Yes, okay. credit card, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, a check. But but I know that sounds like, God, we're not getting paid. We can't get our – well, how about you just go to COD? I mean, it was a real simple answer that, yeah, I could have figured out a lot sooner. Um, that's one. That's a, that's a more of a humorous one. But when we go back to the salespeople, um, that was a complex issue because, um, you know, I didn't know how to market my firm correctly. I didn't know how to drive sales, and I thought it was hiring salespeople who, you know, with with benefits and bonuses and commissions, maybe on average are making forty to fifty thousand dollars. And with that model, I was, I, how am I going to make money? And I struggled with it for a long time until I stumbled on the Google AdWords program. And we were able to have top of mind awareness, get our name out there without the, you know, gosh, fifteen to $20,000 a month of overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that took probably an 18-month uh, cycle, you know, whatever, a couple hundred thousand dollars to learn that, that lesson. Mm-hmm. So the lesson is... Sometimes it pays to invest in the web as opposed to people. Correct. Yes. Although, I mean, obviously you have to have people and you um, uh, you need good people, but there are times when technology and the Internet and your website can do, um, you know, what they were doing. Okay. Uh, what are some of the 27 reasons you said that people should shred their documents? Um, it's the law, and if you're not going to shred them yourself, you have to have somebody shred them for you. Um, a lot of times when, so is that one? That's one. Two, when you shred them yourself, you rarely recycle that paper. Now, it's we're not a recycling company, although we recycle 150 tons of documents a month that doesn't go into landfills, gets used uh, for, uh, you know, recycled paper. So, your your documents are going to get recycled. Um, you don't want your staff. Your staff doesn't shred. Okay, they got a memo that says they're supposed to shred their stuff, but do you think they really care? Do you think they really have the time? Boy, I've got to answer these 14 emails. i got to do these other things, and, oh, I have to shred this stuff. You don't think they're just going to put it in the trash? They do it every day. They don't shred it. They see shredding as a menial task that's below them, and they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there a real problem with uh, people who are dumpster diving? Um, dumpster diving, yes, but that's that's your competitors, that's your customers. But frankly, your biggest risk is your own people, and they're going to see who's making what what the company's gross margins are, uh, what the company, what what the CEO or what the management spends on benefits for themselves. Uh, there's just a lot of information that you don't want them seeing, your own people. For, forget about thieves or, or, or competitors. It's your own people. And you love them, and you, but there's, there's some things you don't share with them. And you don't want to share those things. Hmm. Well, if they're on paper, why wouldn't they read them just in the files? Because they're going to be put into a lock secure bin that they don't have access to. You're the one that has the key to it. And private and confidential documents go in a lock secure bin that only you or a top management person has a key to. And when my document shredding 
person comes by, he's unlocking that console, he's taking those documents out to the truck, and he's turning it into confetti right there at your site. So my guy doesn't even look at it, and you sh your people sure aren't going to look at it. Could solve a lot of problems. What, yes. about, what about the uh, confidential nature of credit card transactions and, and paper tapes from registers and stuff like that? Absolutely. Again, all things that need to be shredded and, frankly, don't get shredded uh, many times at your office. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Let me back up. One of the key the, when they passed through uh, a lot of the new laws in the early 2000s, one of them that applies to just about anybody is FACTA, and that's the Fair and Accurate Credit Transaction Act. And in that, it, it is so broad. Thank you know, thanking our government for you know their infinite wisdom. I was being a little sarcastic there. Anyone that collects information on anybody for any reason must safeguard that information and properly destroy it. So you've got one rental house, a condo in Florida, and you take credit applications. What's on that credit application? A credit card number and a social security number. Previous addresses, oh. mother's maiden name, nearest relative not living with you. Hello? You, even though you're the person that has one rental house and you've collected this information, you have got to properly destroy it. And you've got to safeguard it. And if you want to shred it yourself, that's great. Go ahead and shred it yourself. But when you use my service, you have a documented trail. I paid document destruction, whatever, to come and properly destroy these documents, these 862 pounds of documents, on this day at this time. So God forbid if anything did happen. And Larry, who was a tenant of yours 14 years ago, said, my identity got stolen, and I know it was because of you, Mike Roth, and I rented that house from you, and you didn't safeguard my information. And you pull out your invoice from Document Destruction, hey, everything here gets shredded, and I use Document Destruction, and they properly destroyed our documents. And I've always done that, and we have a you have an audit. You have a paper trail. Mm -hmm. uh, I've heard that some of these newer copier machines have a hard drive in them. Correct. Uh, that have copies of all the documents that have been copied. Correct. Do you guys uh, shred hard drives as well? Yes. Really? Yes. What kind of equipment is big enough to shred a metal hard drive? Our document shredding trucks can do it. Really? Yes. That's great. Yes. I once tried to open one myself and uh, and drill a hole through the disc. Okay. You know what I discovered? No. It was made out of glass. And then what happened? It was extremely messy, let's put it that way. <laughs> yes, but again, Mike, if you did that, did you have a paper trail? If, God forbid, something happened, you could say, well, I did it, put a drill through it, and I had a piece of glass. And I mean, that's not going to hold up if someone's suing you for not properly safeguarding. But if you have a document from document destruction, a declaration of destruction that says, I properly destroyed my hard drives. I properly destroyed this, and here's a certificate of it. That goes pretty far. Mm -hmm. it, that, that does make sense. We actually were destroying that hard drive to protect the database yeah. uh, of our clients, so no one could ever get a hold of it. Correct. Now, these hard drives themselves are uh, somewhat of an issue. Mike, how many people do you have in your company right now? We have six employees in addition to myself. That includes the truck drivers? Yes. But really, I mean, yes, they are truck drivers, but, I mean, 
that's all the people see. So our guys are uniformed, their ID badge, they're drug tested annually, their criminal background tested annually. Uh, they can go into any law office, CP office, CPA office, any professional office. They look professional. They talk professionally. They act professionally. Um, I'm proud to have them in anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. When when I hire a new guy, which I haven't hired uh, many new people. A couple of my guys have been with me a long time. The deal when you go into an office is you go in there and you're just there to empty the box you say hello, you say hi, but you don't start conversations. You don't start talking about the weather and the Reds. You go in there and you do your job. Now, if they want to talk to you and they want to talk about the Reds and the Bengals and the election or whatever, great, talk to them. But you don't start any conversations. You get in there, you get out. Do your job. Right. In and out. Right. Yep. We've uh, we've seen some other people have the same kind of an issue. Again, if you wanted to uh, ask Mike a question in the remaining time, uh, the number is 646-595-4916. Let's take a uh, commercial break here, Mike, and we'll be back in a minute or two. Great. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. At the first sign of trouble, there are three types of business leader. The first type of leader is like a turtle. He pulls his head and tail in and hides in his shell. Turtles hunker down, just trying to survive. The second type of leader is an opportunist. They're like eagles. Eagles spread their wings and take advantage of the winds. They catch the storm wind and rise to new heights. The third group, between turtles and eagles, are called turkeys. Turkeys are average and anxious. They huddle together and move. They never saw. However, turkeys are easy prey for those who seize the opportunity and soar. If someone in your industry goes out of business, are you going to get the business? The question is, Which type of leader are you? Will you seize the opportunities to take market share and grow, or will your fate be like the turkeys? If you're serious about growth, call me to arrange a confidential meeting, 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth with Sandler Training, finding power and reinforcement. Are you tired of prospects saying, I want to think it over? Are you tired of being an unpaid consultant? Call me at 513 646-6523. On the web at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back again with uh, Mike Callahan. And uh, before we continue, Mike, I just thought I'd remind people about classes we have coming up this month. On uh, Monday the 12th, we have Cleaning Out Your Record Collection. Now, that's not like shredding old shellac 78 records. These are records that are in your head. I wish it was as easy as calling someone like you out and say, hey, clean out Joe's record collection in his head. He's got 60 records up there that are holding back his sales. We've got to get rid of those. Talk about like head trash? Head trash, sure. Yeah. yeah. Don't talk to strangers. Never ask why. Those are great, great records for a two-year-old. But for a 32-year-old in sales, those are bad. We'll be talking about how to clean those out. And uh, the class on the 19th is... Emerson's Law of Compensation. That's a, that's going to be a class on how to get more referrals and introductions. What I like to do, Mike, in the show is ask uh, leaders like yourself if you could give a leadership tip to other CEOs who might be listening. Yeah, a couple. couple. A okay. couple. I mean, I, I, I think I have some good people, and I think I have some loyal people, and... Um, 
you know, I think about my right-hand inside person has been with me 16 years. My right-hand outside guy has been with me 12 years now. So, I mean, I think I have some loyal employees, and, and frankly, they're they're awesome. Um, but a couple of just minor things. When you, when you introduce your people, build them up. This is Carrie, and she has been with me 16 years. She is my right-hand person, and I trust – I mean, it doesn't cost you anything – but, I mean, it's just a chance to stroke your people. Every time you're meeting a new vendor or a customer and you're introducing this person, build them up. It doesn't cost you anything. And, I mean, it is true, but, I mean, I think that goes really far. The second thing is, <clears throat> you know, I mean, I love customers. I want more customers. But this customer is always right thing is just, wow. I, I you know, Occasionally, a couple of times a year, someone will call and they will complain about one of my employees. And it, may, it might be one of these employees that I've known a long time. And I think as a leader, you know, you get into that, well, the customer's always right. And, you know, and then I got to go challenge my employee and this happened and they said this and they said that. And why would you do that? Listen, I'm telling you, I know my people and I'm going to initially I'm going to trust their word over somebody that I really don't know or somebody I just met. And so I'm going to say, if it's somebody you know and you trust, give them the benefit of the doubt and don't challenge them. I mean, ask them what happened, but, uh, but this, the customer's right all the time. I just think that's not good. If you want to build that trust, uh, in your people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any other leadership tips? Get the people that you trust and then allow them the flexibility to do their job. Mm -hmm. But hold them accountable. And how do you hold your people accountable? Uh, with results. With results? Yeah. I mean, just basic, probably similar to you, Mike. You know, I expect this, 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 and this. You're responsible for these things. If I discover that that's not being handled, I'm going to ask you about it. And I don't want to have those same conversations over and over again. And if we do, we need to revisit what your role is and what you're doing and what I expect from you. Uh, Mike, why don't we talk about best practices in marketing? I know you're doing a lot of Internet work. You have other friends who own other companies, right? Yes. I used to be active in a business owners group called YEO, mm -hmm. Young Entrepreneurs, but hence the first letter Y for young. So they kick you out when you're 40. So I got kicked out a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you got kicked out because you hit 40. Right. And, but uh, go ahead. You learned a couple of things about good marketing ideas. Yes. Could you share one? I mean, besides the Internet. Okay. Uh, you know, one of your trucks was over here the other day. I thought you were going to talk about that. And they were shredding documents for one of the other tenants in this building. And it's it's that beautiful logo of the tiger destroying yeah. the documents. That I thought was a fantastic marketing piece because pe it draws people's attention. Yes, it's funny. When we're down in northern Kentucky, we get, not every day, but I'd say at least once a week, someone will call because they saw the truck. And if it's in northern Kentucky, they'll say, I saw that wildcat, you know, because, UK, right? And if they're somewhere else, they say, "I saw that bobcat," or "I saw that tiger," you know. So yeah, it's funny. It's a lot of people call it a different thing. 
But yes, we do get a fair share of calls from that. And it reminds me of one other thing. Um, do you have a special number on the truck, or is it your main listed number? Just the main listed number. And I take the call into myself. Okay, so, so you know. So I'm asking, you know, who, and I don't say, how'd you find out about us, or how'd you get my number? I start, I start with a Sandler thing. Who referred you to me? And then they say, oh, nobody, I just, whatever. Saw the truck. I saw the truck. I, I did the yellow pages. I did whatever, which actually some people actually still say that. I have a small ad in there. I actually still get calls from the old pages. Not many, but some. Mm-hmm. Um, but where I was going with this story is my building. It's a great location. It's on Reading Road by the Norwood Lateral, so you can go east, west, north, south. Great. But it's in a, a urban area, Bond Hill. Transitional neighborhood. Transitional neighborhood. and But great location. And we've been there 11 years. And I took – I was trying to find somebody – to like, you know, you see the guys doing the graffiti and all that, and I think it's kind of cool looking. But I found somebody to paint huge, like letters are like seven feet tall, and it says document destruction, but it's like tagged. You know, looks like a ghetto kind of tag thing, and it shows the letters breaking out of like the wall. Hmm. And and we frankly get a lot of calls because people, I, I drove by that gray battleship gray building a hundred times, I don't know what it was. And I saw that dot. I didn't know you did that there. Well, tell me more. So uh, that's and that was something that cost me less than a thousand dollars, and it's paid for itself ten times over. Some artwork on your building. Yes, some eye-catching, outside the box. Yes. Good. You should put a picture of it on your website if you don't have one there. You know what? I should. Great idea. Yeah. The people who are calling on you, coming out to your place. Do they comment about the uh, artwork on the building? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's change tactics for a minute and say to you as a as a buyer, someone comes out to sell you something. Yes. What's the worst thing that a salesperson can do calling on you as a CEO? Not, not be a professional sales rep. And that means working the submarine, which is bonding and rapport, upfront contracts, question, you know, uh, diagnosis, um, fulfillment, budget, closing, post sale. I mean, it, it. I really like to see people go through that process with me. And frankly, if they go through it, I'm pretty much a dead fish. They got me. <laughs> People are going to be driving all throughout Cincinnati in Bond Hill looking for the building with the words breaking out, document yeah. destruction. Uh, that, that, that's great. Mike, uh, when you uh, put your crystal ball on and you look into the crystal ball, where do you see yourself five years from today? Well, currently, um, uh, we have about 3,000 local clients. Um, we run four document shredding trucks and a collection truck, so we have five trucks. Um, you know, I see us having a couple more trucks, three or four more employees, and you know, easily another thirty or forty percent more in sales. So you're not planning on expanding beyond the Cincinnati marketplace? No, no. Uh, and you know, but talk about that. I mean, I know a lot of people have offices throughout the country and all that stuff. But I love my people and I, I love my business. But man, it's 
It's all I can do is manage the people that sit six feet outside my door. I don't. I think it would be a struggle to, to to manage efficiently and drop as much money to the bottom line managing people from ninety and a hundred miles away. But that's just me. And I've seen. I talked to another business owner uh, this week who had the same kind of a problem. Who opened up in Indianapolis and Columbus, and two years later closed both. Yeah, and. The other thing is, I mean, we all know this. I mean, growth is expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was to open an open office in whatever other town, I mean, you're easy 18 months to before you're even to break even. And you're looking at, you know, probably six figures uh, investment before you even get to your break even point. So you have to have a risk tolerance and you've also got to have that, that financial capability to grow. Mm-hmm. You, you've, uh, you're competing in a marketplace against some national competitors. Mostly national competitors. Mm-hmm. Have, have you ever thought of taking your business model and turning it into a franchise? You know what? There are, um, matter of fact, it's funny you'd ask that. I had a meeting um, six months ago with a firm, and that's what they do. They help you franchise your concept. And um, I just made a decision that I didn't have the time or the energy for it. I mean, it's something where... I mean, you are doing demos. You know, people fly in and see your operation, and you know you're you're selling them on the concept and giving them the information. Well, that's a day. And then if you do sell a franchise, you're spending a week or so flying out to their place to help them get set up. Um, and I just, you know, I have uh, three kids and I have uh, uh, nine-month-old twins now, and I just don't have the time or the energy for that. Hmm. It's not your desire to do that. Correct. Right. Right. But but th- there are two or three different franchise concepts out there right now. Actually, there are franchise concepts in yes. document destruction. Mm-hmm. No one buy one in Cincinnati, though. No. No. Bring it on. Come on. Bring it on. <laughs> no, no. So you're a competitive guy, and you shared with me that you're in a hockey league. Yeah, men's adult hockey. Yeah. Scored a goal last night. Okay. Yeah. How many years have you been doing that? Well, let's see. I started when I was eight, so a long time. Eight, a long time. Yeah, man. yeah, but no, it's great. The only problem is the games are so late. Our game was 10.45 last night. That was the start time. That was the start time. And so then, what, you're done at 12.30? You can't just go home and go to bed. You're kind of wired up. So, sure. Yeah, the next morning. A little morning, bit of adrenaline flowing. Yeah, so the next morning uh, really uh, comes early. But the thing is, you know, guys, you know, when you're going to the gym or you're working out, it's not even like working out. It's so much fun. But literally, it's probably a 12, 1500 calorie burn. It is phenomenal. Yeah, it's just great. Working on the ice. Yeah. yeah. And how many times a week do you get to the gym? A couple times. A couple times a week. Yeah. That's that's a good help. You know what? I got a great guy over at Cincinnati Sports Mall, Deontay Kenner. I don't know if you guys remember that name. He was the stud UC uh, quarterback. Uh, maybe. 10, 12 years, and just a neat guy, really helped me get in shape, fun, motivational. I would consider him a friend, played golf with him. He's been to our house, just a neat guy. So if you're looking for an awesome trainer, Deontay Kenner at Cincinnati Sports Mall. Is that okay to say? That's okay to say. All right. We've never had a plug for a trainer before, but there's always a first time. There's always a first time. Well, while we're plugging, I'll plug, I mean, 
Mike Roth, I, I owe a lot of my success to Mike and his system. Um, he really helped me uh, take my business to the next level. And you know what? It's not just about taking my business to the next level and making more money. I'm making a lot more money easier and with a lot less stress. Having fun. And having fun. I just And the key thing, and I just had this conversation with my staff today, earlier this morning, we're not doing any mind reading. Well, I think they want this, and I think they're going to, I don't know. I just know. Well, Mike, I want to appreciate you you coming on, and thanks for your over? comments. Is it over? We're not over yet. I'm going to give you a copy of Sandler's uh, book, The 49 uh, Sandler Rules, made number one on the bestseller list. You're going to get an autographed edition copy of it. Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks again, Mike, for being on the show with us. Thanks for having me, Mike. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513 753 9400.